Hello, wherever you are in the world today, welcome to Beyond the Art in our series, The Stories That Carry Us. I'm your host, Craig Beaumont Flynn, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and the Delaware Tribe of Indians. In each episode, we will discuss with various Native American artists, influencers, art leaders, and everyone in between their experiences, the communities they serve, and the translation and interpretation of the Native American art world today. Well, Brian, welcome to Beyond the Art. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Enjoying the weather now. It's starting to get a little warmer today. So, absolutely. Yeah, thanks absolutely. for having me. Absolutely. Well, welcome. And uh, tell us a little about yourself, uh, your heritage, uh, your cultural heritage, also what tribe you're affiliated to, and just some about your artwork that you promote and uh, actually do. Okay. Um, my name is Brian Waitula. I'm a Cherokee Nation artist. Um, you know, I, I work in such a wide range of, of mediums, it's hard to kind of just pinpoint me to one specific. Um, you know, I'm kind of you're like a renaissance man. <laughs> uh, what? I said you're a renaissance man. Oh, I'm not. I don't know about that, but I dabble in everything. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm like a little kid. I, I, I see something. I want to try something new and, and kind of experiment in that. Um, but you know, I was, I was raised, um, um, kind of with our, uh, Cherokee culture in mind, you know, I learned how to basket weave, um, as a, as a young kid, uh, my grandmother, who is a Cherokee treasure in basketry, my mom's a Cherokee treasure in basketry. Um, so I was learning how to weave round read, you know, as a, as a young kid. And then of course, uh, um, you know, making some keychains, this and that. Um, and, but my baskets tended to be a little bit lopsided, um, and wouldn't, would roll off the tables. So <laughs> how, old, how old were you when you started? Oh gosh, I was probably maybe, I know I wasn't 10 yet. So I was, I was pretty young. Um, maybe eight, nine, uh, maybe 10, somewhere around there. Uh, my favorite Still part of that start, was, yeah uh, die in the reed, getting to pick the colors that my grandmother, you know, would, would let us look at and say, here, pick what color you want. And that was my favorite part. Um, but they tended to be lopsided. So she started handing me markers and crayons and colored pencils and things like that. And, um, I kind of just went off on my own from there. I kind of, I still weave a little bit, but I don't, you don't see those in those baskets and competitions or exhibitions. Don't for your on your own personal use. Yeah, I'll do that to kind of get back and and just remember how to do it. And me and my mom, my brother, uh, my brother's doing a lot of weaving now. My sister has done some weaving. Um, they're much better than I am, but you know, just to make sure I don't completely lose it, I'll I go back and I'll I'll weave one or two here and there. And, so what drives you now in the crafts that you do in the art medium that you create now? Uh, let's see. What drives me is more or less being a, I was a teacher for 14 years and I would say that what drives me is probably edu education, educating the public or art admirers. You know, uh, when I do Santa Fe Indian market, a lot of my pieces, I like to, um, they have a story that goes with them, whether I'm doing something in charcoal 
or, you know, maybe something that's a realistic portrait um, that I tell the history about that person, um, the story behind uh, that person. And then if I'm doing something a little bit more contemporary, um, you know, that has more, uh, I did a piece called Sincerely Andrew Jackson. It was done kind of in a uh, pointillism style. Um, and it had some quotes from him on letters to Congress about the indigenous people um, and their thoughts. And it wasn't too flattering. Um, and then I had a lady wrapped in a, uh, a red blanket, um, you know, and her hair was mm -hmm. purple to kind of symbolize the cold um, during the Trail of Tears. And, you know, so that kind of had a message, a, a little historic um, point to it that when art admirers come up and ask about that piece, they're also educated about kind of the history of the U.S. government and, you know, the indigenous people are, um, across the United States. So do you take mo most of your inspiration from historical um, events or is it more culturally associated to your heritage? Uh, both, both actually, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll find something new you know, that I'm, I'm reading or that I find out or, um, you know, that I come across or one of my friends, you know, I, 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 uh, meet someone from a different tribe and they tell me about their story. Um, just kind of how that has an effect on me. Um, and then also some things about myself growing up, you know, stories. Um, when I was, when I was younger, the songs, mom used to sing to us in Cherokee, um, you know, the hymns, uh, to put us to sleep, um, just our language, uh, just, just anything like, like that. I kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of broad, I guess a little bit. It's not just about me. Um, you know, it's just the influences I've had as a, as a child, um, as a young adult growing up now, and then the people that I'm meeting. So do you find that, uh, a lot of the craft the artistry that you do create now has a an essence of a part of you um when you start creating i mean what is your process do you kind of sketch it out do you think it do you kind of uh, block it out or it just comes to you and you start going to town so to speak i wish i, I was that good that i could just go to town um no but it'll you start are that with, good uh, i've seen your work <laughs> <laughs> thanks um no it's it's kind of like way I taught my, I would teach my students, um, you know, I start with a concept or an idea or maybe just something that is, um, you know, motivating me or something that is stuck out that I read an image, a story, something along those lines. And I've got a sketchbook of things laid out right now of projects I want to do, but I'm still waiting maybe to meet the right person, um, find the right model. Um, in order to kind of evolve that. So it all starts with a sketch, um, pretty rough sketch, um, mm -hmm. and notes. Mainly I write a lot of notes more than I really sketch. Um, but yeah, I'll sketch something out very vaguely in my sketchbook. And then eventually I'll probably come back to it, um, later on down the road. Because if I come up with an idea during, you know, November, December, January, even now, if it gets to be freezing, um, nobody's going to want to be out there modeling for me in that. So I have to wait and keep that idea kind of <laughs> in my back pocket until spring and it warms up. Right. Right. So is there a, a medium that inspires you 
to kind of uh, push yourself to a next level that you haven't actually, let's say, put your hands on it as of yet? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so. I'm, I'm, you know, as artists, you're always trained to create things or, or recreate them or capture them in a realistic sense. You know, you want things as proportionate or as realistic as possible. And, uh, I'm still fine tuning my technique. Um, I've started to go from a lot of graphite, uh, to a little bit more charcoal. And instead of just using paper, I've started experimenting with large scale drawings, but doing those on canvas now, uh, and then sealing those, Mm -hmm. which has gotten a great response. Um, but you know, every artist out there, I would say is trying to find that specific style, you know, that identifies collectors, I guess, with them. I mean, you can, you can tell a Jack, what a Jackson Pollock is uh, a Picasso. Um, right. So I would say I'm still trying to search a specific style, but you know, just the way I'm built, maybe I, I don't like being pigeonholing myself into one, one area, I guess. Um, I mean, I really love drawing and getting realistic that black and white, um, the contrast, the drama, um, in those portraits. I don't know if I could do that for the next 20 years consistently without being able to take a break and go have fun in color. Right. Right. And it's also the aspect of growing and kind of, a uh, self-awareness and grow, uh, looking deep into yourself of how you want to expand and start creating other things and, uh, push your limits, I guess, in your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because I've gotten there to before on pieces where I'm like, I'm not showing this to anybody, you know, my son will see it. I'm, <laughs> I'm even like, don't look at, don't look at that. <laughs> Do you think there's a continued theme or story that a lot of native American artists are kind of directing themselves right now since, it seems we're on the upswing, the ebb and flow of Native American art is in, it's out, and now we're the it factor. Um, do you think there's a continued story that a lot of Native American artists are driving themselves to? Yeah, I, th- I, I would say so. Um, and, and I think it's still a continuation of just educating the public about, you know, there's not just one, um, one tribe, you know, there's not just one language, right. there's not just one style. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's so many out there and we're still trying to, to break that stereotype and it's gotten a lot better from, you know, when I was younger watching, uh, the old John Wayne movies, Cowboys and Indian movies, <laughs> you know, with actual native Americans, um, playing those parts and roles. And, um, right. I think it's still a steady progression upward, um, in terms of education. And then also with the, um, I guess the platforms that some of our, uh, the indigenous people are, are holding in offices, uh, in government, uh, offices, you know, um, and starting to put the spotlight on, um, the treaties, um, the -hmm. agreements that were done and ignored back then. And, uh, I think it's, it's been a, a steady progression and you see a lot of that in, um, a lot of artists work, uh, at various shows and museums and markets across the country. Um, so I would, I would say it's still a steady progression 
Correct. I mean, our story didn't end at first contact or during yeah. removal. I mean, we've continued to grow and uh, morph and expand both all the nations across the country. You know, the Ch- I'm Cherokee and Delaware and a little mm-hmm. bit of a Chickasaw and um, Muskogee Creek. Um, but I think, you know, all the tribal nations and communities across the country continue to grow and develop and expand just because we did something 200 years ago doesn't mean that's where our culture ended. <laughs> you know, I think that's yeah. a way to educate the overall public, which kind of goes back to you being a teacher in education. Do you think a lot of the tribal communities are doing enough to educate the youth about our culture and our heritage and the art factor that we bring to their community, but also nationally? Yeah, I, I believe so. I've, I've been fortunate as as a as an educator an art educator to where i have my classroom and i'm able to uh you know as a cherokee artist be able to uh kind of just have that as a small um lesson in my classroom um you know i've got to be able to teach the history of art but also i get to incorporate a little bit about myself into that classroom and I, i think they're doing it uh it's it's being allowed a lot more um, in the classroom, I've, I've gotten to go and, and speak and present, uh, since I stepped away from teaching, um, and kind of just express, you know, my history, my growing up, my, my, um, vision as a, a native American artist, uh, and what I try to convey to, to people, uh, admirers when I'm across the U S showing my artwork. But, um, you know, I get asked quite a few questions, um, just, based on, I would say, history, uh, more historic questions. Um, some I can't answer um, because I don't, I wasn't there, <laughs> you know, back, back then. It wasn't but, there. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> what do you feel is some of your prominent work that's been recognized that you were, you're proud of, but also the ones are pieces that you've done that you were surprised of the response that you've gotten? Man, I don't, I don't know. I've done, you know, we've done so many, I've done so many pieces and, and, um, that's a really good question. I don't really, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, what would be the first few, um, you know, I did a piece that, uh, my mom and I have this, you know, just this fun competition between the both of us. And that's been fun going to, shows with her, but I finally had won, um, have been awarded a best of show. Um, uh, and I, I think I'm winning three to one or two to one. I can't remember, but, but I did a charcoal drawing of one of our Cherokee treasures. Um, it didn't receive best of show, but, um, I think it got a lot of, and it was my first piece, um, that I tried experimenting with a large charcoal on canvas. It was a, uh, four foot by five foot. Um, and that's not easy to do, put charcoal to canvas with that texture. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the response that I got from that piece uh, of Mr. Toby Hughes um, really sort of drove me to, to experiment and try again. Uh, and I did that in a couple more. And then that third one that I did of uh, Michelle Reed, who's uh, an amazing dancer and uh, ambassador of teaching uh 
Native American culture around the world and, and performing uh, received a best of show. And uh, I mean, a lot of detail went into that. It had beadwork, uh, eagle feathers. Um, I mean, it was it was definitely a challenge. And I would probably say that one. Um, I think that piece would stand out. Do you feel that Native American communities are doing enough to continue the cultivation of their culture and heritage and keeping it alive, both for those that are current, the youth, but, I mean, we're losing our our ancestral uh, connection. Uh, a lot of the elders, you know, are passing away that have that knowledge that have been around for the past 70, 80, some, some of them 90 years, um, and that yeah. they're actually passing along that information because once they're gone – they're gone. And if we don't it's, record it or teach the youth. So, I mean, it's a long winded question, but do you think that native American communities are, are doing enough? Um, if they're doing enough, um, I, I'm not sure. I, I know I can only say from personal, um, experience. Um, I mean, I would like to, to think so. Uh, I know a lot of my art friends are always invited to teach their craft, um, you know, to the, to younger generations, even if some of them may not mm -hmm. be, um, you know, from that same tribe. Uh, I know my mom was asked that question. What if she thought that the, um, Oh, the history of basket weaving, you know, is secure. And, and I know her, she couldn't really answer that question. Um, it didn't feel like, you know, like enough of the youth has an interest in learning the traditional ways of basketry. Um, you know, round reed, I see a lot of round reed um, done when it comes to buck brush or honeysuckle. But when it comes to the river cane, the flat reed um, that we were known for, you know, in the southeast before removal, um, that that's something it's very hard and it's hard to teach because <laughs> I've been trying to learn. Right. Um, but, you know, she was very unsure about that. Um, you know, and I kind of feel bad that I, I didn't take such an interest in it. My, you know, my sister knows how to weave. My brother is progressing and he's doing more and more and more. And that's kind of why I go back and try and weave a basket once <laughs> I feel bad once a year. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to the traditional arts, you know, if you go to, we'll say for Cherokee art market, for example, you'll see Richard Fields there demonstrating his, his bows that he's done by hand. You know, mom's got her baskets and the river cane, um, mm -hmm. Jane Austen and Karen walking stick or treasures. They're there with, um, <clears throat> the traditional pottery. Um, oh gosh, I, I I'm leaving a, a gentleman out um i've seen his potter he still does it the traditional um cato way um going and digging the clay and he does demonstrations all over um chase earls oh gosh took me a while um so i mean it, they're they're doing it and they're educating the public and they're educating um hopefully younger students but it's it's the youth mm -hmm. that just like our language, they've got to take an interest and kind of, you know, right. have that responsibility that they need to take on that and learn that to to help us survive. 
you only can push so hard <laughs> for someone to uh, gain interest in something. What motivates right, you? Right. What really drives you into creating what you create? Uh, well, like I said, it would probably be just history and, and my upbringing. I kind of want to share what mm-hmm. it was like growing up in, you know, I'm not just Cherokee, um, but I'm also Polish Italian. So I was completely two different ends of the spectrum growing up and, you know, right. kind of what <laughs> life was like going to Chicago to visit family and then coming back to Oklahoma and, and spending time with family here. Um, uh, and, and I would say probably just the, everything behind my work that's driven is probably just more or less, uh, you know, more, more history, just trying to educate the public, uh, mm-hmm. and get away from a lot of those stereotypes. Um, do you have an influencer that you look to or not necessarily a person, but, uh, surroundings generically, is there something that influences you when you start creating? Um, well, growing up, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're exposed to various amounts of art history and art styles. So you learn, um, all of these artists that have come along the way and made their mark. Um, so there's, there's a couple artists that I gravitate towards that I really like their work and, um, um, and, and always try to strive kind of, I don't know what you'd say, uh, follow their, their career path somewhat, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to me personally, I mean, obviously my parents are big influences, um, my mom and my grandmother because of what they did, um, and what they're doing, you know, with their, with their basketry and, and, you know, how granny taught my mom and mom, you know, they taught us as we were, and we were younger. Um, but my mom is a, is a big influence in, in me as an artist, you know, just, uh, I'm trying to keep up with her. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does she outdo but, you, and Brian? Of course, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's on, she's on I'm a whole other level in, in her, uh, in basketry. Um, and you know, I have, I have, uh, friends, uh, in, in, in our circle and our artist circle that I, I really admire and follow their work. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll, and it's, it's, it's a fun competition, you know, like I said, with mm-hmm. my mom, with our best of show joke, you know, like, Oh, how many do I have? How many do you have mom? You know, um, you know, I'll <laughs> see one do a piece and then I try and do another, you know, not the exact same or the same subject, but, it's like, oh, you went with a three foot painting. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and let's see, let's try this four <laughs> foot painting here and see how I do. You do a four footer, I'm gonna do this six foot drawing. And you know, it's different mediums, different, different styles. Everybody's, they have their own style, but we always just kind of, you know, my art friends, we have that little, that little, uh, I don't know what you call it, competition or, right. um. It's like having a, a bigger brother, you know. It's that uh, civil or uh, sibling rivalry uh, in the art community. Yeah, that I think would, that, that would you're not trying to that would definitely be it. it tra- and it also challenges you too. I think also at times. Yeah, and we push each other. Um, 
right. you know, we'll be, uh, we, we get comments to each other and it, it is hard to give an honest critique. Like, let me know what you think of this. And you're like, I don't, okay. You my, <laughs> exactly. You want my friend answer? Or do you want my, my honest critique as an educator? <laughs> but, uh, but you're right. right. Yeah. We do push each other, you know, it's like, well, Hey man, have you ever thought about doing this in your painting, you know, or have you ever tried about, mm -hmm. tried about doing this with metal work or, you know, just their style or their, their medium that they work in, you know, we all, um, help each other, you know, we, I mean, it's a fun competition, like you said, civil, civil, sibling rivalry. Um, right. But, uh, you know, we're always just trying to, to pick each other up and encourage each other. Cause we, when we do these shows, we want, you know, all of us to sell out. We want everyone to win a first place ribbon or, right, or right. sell their big piece and everything. So, but, but you're right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's an encouraging sibling rivalry, you know, that we have. Is there a time of day that you feel more inspired in creating or is it something that when you wake up, you have something in mind, you start to go, or is it more of a, a later response throughout the day that you try to collectively bring your thoughts together and, yeah, um, definitely not the morning. I have to have my coffee. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I have my routine uh, in the morning. I love, you know, not teaching um, and coaching. I have the opportunity to to make my son breakfast in the morning or and make his lunch and take him to school every day. Um, so usually, uh, my morning is kind of spent just kind of getting my thoughts together, um, maybe looking through my sketchbook, getting my plan. And even if I already have a project on the easel or on the drawing board, um, it isn't probably until about 11 o'clock and later in the afternoon that I really get going. If, mm -hmm. if you were to ask me when I was probably in my 20s and in college, it would definitely be like late night, you know, spending those late nights slinging paint right. in the studio <laughs> or on the campus at OU. Um, but it's changed as I've gotten 20 years older. I, I hear you. I, when time wasn't, uh, uh, sleep wasn't as important in our youth that it is now, uh, having that good night's sleep and slow time to wake up in the morning. What are your thoughts on how Native American artists and the Native American art world is bringing to society as a whole in the art world here in this country and also on a global platform? Um, well, I, I'm not sure about global. Um, you know, I've sold a piece as far as New Zealand. I think that's as far as my art has 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 stretched, but I haven't been there physically. Um, but I mean, just how how you know when you come to our you know Santa Fe Indian Market, uh, which is one of the largest and oldest running markets in the world, you see a wide range of different collectors who are just um, they just enjoy what we do. I mean, um, the jewelry, mm -hmm. um, the pottery, the basketry, the, the graphic arts, the style, the fashion shows now, um, you know, you're starting to see, usually you would see more or less people wear, Oh, I don't know what you call it. Maybe indigenous style or native American style fashion just at powwows or ceremonies. Um, but now I think that you're seeing it more and more on a daily basis in the office or maybe even out, you know, um, at a, you know, at a, at a reception or a dinner or going out uh, to 
a Broadway theater or something, you know, a lot of that, that dress that we had Mm -hmm. was more or less just for, uh, ceremonies. Um, but I think it's progressed now to where, um, you know, more, more people are, are seeing what we're doing as artists and what we're creating. And, um, I mean, uh, here in Oklahoma, you know, with the show Res Dogs, um, how that has started to gain, um, a following after its first season being on TV. I think, uh, Sterling's, I think that show is up for a third season now, or maybe a fourth season, but I believe um, so. Correct. Yeah. But I mean, growing up, I don't recall any kind of show like that. Um, no, you know, well, I mean, plus so it was a representation that, that was out there too in the medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't mm-hmm. all live in teepees or, have feathers in our hair. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's the stereotype that, that we're all trying to, to break as ours. you know, it's like, um, you know, trying to distinguish the difference, you know, when you go to a show and you're talking to a collector, it's like, um, you know, we lived here in Oklahoma at Cherokee, we lived at different kind of houses than, than the Plains Indians, you know, and, and, and that's the stereotype mm-hmm. that, they they had in Hollywood and everybody watched movies. So it was that platform where you had a big audience and you were teaching them, but you were kind of uh, teaching them kind of the wrong, wrong way, I guess, back then. Um, but I would say it's, 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 it's still gaining momentum. You know, I know we're as a Cherokee nation trying to, um, Oh, seat a representative now from from treaties that you know weren't honored that we're trying to get our representative now um correct in dc um so i would i would say it's you know again it's it's just a steady progression that just keeps gaining momentum uh more and more correct so do you think that with the various art exhibits and fairs and uh other venues it's helping promote native american artistry as a how would i put this a significant entity in the art culture that we're not just a, a roadside uh n- niche i guess or yeah not anymore um i would say i mean i i've i've had thoughts you know i'll be driving around oklahoma and be like huh i could i could sit on that corner and maybe do a pop-up show you know <laughs> Um, just, you know, back, back in the day, you know, where you see them selling the farmers selling their watermelons or tomatoes and stuff. I, I, Mm -hmm. I'll catch myself doing that. Um, because when I was younger, that's, that's kind of how you either had to go to the heritage center to, to sell your keychains or baskets, or, you know, we, you have that lemonade stand, you stick out, you know, that, that table you put out in front of the road and we'd have our baskets and our Mm -hmm. lemonade right there. Um, but yeah, the platform that they give us, um, you know, the museums, the art markets, the organizations, um, you know, I, I would say it's 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 grown a lot from when I was maybe in college and, and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, more opportunities now uh, for grants, more opportunities for fellowships, uh, more opportunities for artists to come and speak and, and just... Uh, educate. Uh, I'm hoping to fill out a fellowship for a um, a museum up north. I don't want to name names right now, but um, 
and then part of that fellowship is being able to go to two or three of the universities in that area and then show and speak about your artwork. So the the platforms, I would say, that they're giving and the opportunities um, are a lot larger now than, um, you know, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel... What's your thoughts? And do you feel that a lot of the Native American artistry that's out there, maybe more on the Generation X side, is more political and has something to say? There's more of a uh, deeper substance into the artistry instead of being more geared to cultural elements and historical elements? Yeah, the younger generation, I can definitely see, you know, in their artwork um, that it it has a little bit more historical reference in their, in their pieces. Um, and, 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 and I'm not sure, like I said, um, you know, the trying to pass on a lot of the traditional knowledge, like you said, you see a lot of the graphic arts, uh, visual artists, um, doing work. And I would say a lot of the subject matter does have to do more with, um, history more of a history lesson um Mm -hmm. but but and that's where i catch myself i'm i'm kind of a different generation and i mean i appreciate everything um from my past and you know what my grandmother and mother did i guess protecting that uh that knowledge in basketry and like i said i kind of catch myself where as I'm getting older and my mom's getting older um, and she's starting to kind of slow down with her weaving. Cause you know, as, as children, we always think our parents are going to be around forever. Um, so I'm true, still true. kind of fighting with that inside as an artist and as a uh, Cherokee that maybe I take a year off of doing my artwork and, and go back and, learn and try and save some of that knowledge so that I can, I I have it or I can teach it. You know, if my son gets older, I can teach him how to weave Mm -hmm. a round reed basket, which honestly, I, I, I haven't done round reed in a long time, but I could probably still spin one out. Um, but it's the, the, the river cane, the, the double and the single wall river cane, just the process, you know, we'll still go out to the, um, cane breaks i'll go with her and, and my stepdad and my mom will go out there and she'll pick what she wants and he lops it down i carry it out and and uh <clears throat> you know break off all the branches and load it up and then she's still doing everything from hand so i learned that process but it's the weaving process i really want to try and <clears throat> maybe fight with uh, uh taking a year off of my own artwork or two years and being able to to do that. Um, so, so yeah, I would say the younger generation's more history based. Um, mm-hmm. but I've seen some younger ones, younger ones come up, you know, that are, that are doing some of the traditional arts that, um, you know, I give them stand up and applause for that, you know, because like I said, there's not a lot of younger people interested in what they would consider, you know, old, it's like, it's like music, I guess. No, that's, it's, it's 
you know, if I were to say, oh man, you know, I'm talking to my son, that's some classic rock. He might be like, that's old right. rock. It doesn't make it classic. You know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like that that's in the old school. world as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll bust out some Metallica and he'll be like, dad, what is this? You know, it's <laughs> funny. Is there any subjects or anything you want to, to discuss or promote anything upcoming that you actually are participating in uh, or exhibiting with some of your pieces? Um, well, right, right now it's kind of my off season, which is a nice time to kind of step away. But I, I say that I'm still, I'm still working, you know, I'm still sketching, I'm still creating inventory for shows. Um, doing applications. I just finished my Santa Fe Indian market application. So hopefully good news. Um, when I get that letter back in a couple months, a um, couple fellowships applying for um, helping a friend who's running for tribal council with their campaign, doing some design work uh, for them to kind of, uh, yeah, help their campaign. Um I'm gearing up for teaching the with the Chickasaw Nation, their arts academy again. Then I'm going to do their spring breakout. Um, I have an, a pretty cool thing coming up with Eighth Generation, uh, which is a, a native-owned company in Seattle. Uh, they did a national call for artists, and I was one of the artists selected for their design and going to be releasing a uh, Cherokee-based um, uh, pattern kind of that I, I – compiled wow. with my, with my mom's baskets that she's done patterns that, mm -hmm. um, Cherokee basket weavers have done. So that's going to be coming out hopefully in the next month or so. So, uh, excited to, to kind of promote that and, um, mm -hmm. you know, showcase, uh, our Cherokee culture, you know, uh, across the U S but, that's that's really it. Just waiting to hear back on some shows, some fellowships, uh, filling out applications, a little design work here and there, creating inventory, um, and then just maybe a project or two here and there uh, coming up. Right. So, do you exhibit and participate in a lot of the markets nationwide? Or are you just pretty much local into the vicinity of New Mexico, Oklahoma? Uh, I've done. Let's see. I, I've been invited out to i've shown at the autry museum out in la i uh, was able to put up uh, a couple design posters up in uh, oh gosh what do they call it it's indian alley but i forget what they what they actually mm. skid row that's it that's the word um in okay. la and that was an experience i've done i've shown at the herd museum uh in phoenix uh the idol george museum up in indianapolis um obviously here in oklahoma um santa fe New Mexico, there's, I, I'm, I'm really trying to find an opportunity. If someone wants to give me one, um, out East, uh, I think I went to New York for the national art educators convention. Um, mm -hmm. but I would love to have the opportunity to, to show at a museum or, or a gallery out there on the East coast. Do you actually do commission work? Yeah, I do commission work and that's what, those are the commissions I usually will take on during my off season. I've done, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have clients want to come in and it's not necessarily native American artwork. Um, just, you know, a portrait family portrait I've done, uh, when COVID hit, I was doing marker drawings and colored pencil drawings, 
mixed media on little eight by tens of mm-hmm. guys and their favorite Hot Wheels and, you know, their classic cars. <laughs> um, so right. that's, I, you know, I was doing that. Um, I've, I've done artwork for hey, professional pay the athletes. Bills. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know it. Uh, I was doing artwork yeah. for some professional athletes and their charities. Um, so, yeah, the commissions, they, they're not always like my style or, or anything. It's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they like me as an artist and, and they want it done this way. And, right. and I try and, um, you know, satisfy what they're, what they're wanting. Um, I did do some cleats though on my own that were, uh, man, they were, they were a handful. They were not easy. It was my first experiment. So I did, uh, some beaded moccasins. They were plains Indian style beaded moccasins that, um, my friend had done. He's a, he's a beater. Um, actually he's an amazing artist. Uh, he does work for all the Hollywood movies too, that you see, um, Anyway, he had beaded this this player um, some moccasins, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to try and do something for him. He's a Cherokee pitcher. He pitches for the St. Louis Cardinals. Ryan Helsley. Okay, he's their he's their closer. He can he can launch that baseball, you know, hundred miles an hour. Um, so I, I I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, man, you, I, I think I've got a really neat idea for you. You'd be interested in doing some cleats um cleats for you and of course he was in agreement for it and he sent me some huge sneakers um and you know sanding those downs prepping them it was kind of a new medium for me but um you know you could see it the progress on my instagram um and he got them back and was blown away and and gave me a shout out on on that and uh wore them in a couple games he was actually afraid to wear them Right. <laughs> uh, to play in because, yeah, they look good. And I posted it on social media and I had gotten so many comments like it's nice. Some lady, I remember this one. She said it's nice, but it's unpractical. I think that when he slides or runs in him, the beadwork's going to break. And I just I didn't have the I felt bad because I was wanting to tell this lady. I was like, well, it's not actual beadwork. It's paint. It's simulated beadwork. Right. And she was like, oh. So, I mean, that was a neat project that I did. And I, I hope those are kind of projects I kind of do in my off season. If commissions are slow that I, that I can kind of uh, play with. Cause that was my first time right. doing cleats, baseball cleats. Very cool. I'd like to see those. What, what's next for you? What's on your horizon uh, besides of the other things coming up? Is there anything that you want to achieve in your craft, in your artistry? Um, well, I, I really would love it if I had the opportunity and the time to create, um, a body of work. Uh, I'm working on what I call a Kandinsky mashup and it's using his concentric circles, um, that he would use just to, uh, I guess, emphasize different colors and how they would stand against each other. Mm-hmm. And he would do them just in circles. Um, so I'm trying to do a mashup of that where I'm taking um, the concentric circles and an image and starting to mash those together um, to kind of create some kind of a, oh, just a portrait. Um, and I would love it if I could get, you know, had the time to where I could produce 10 six foot by five foot portraits in this style. Um and that's something, again, in my sketchbook, I, I have notes. This is something I would really like to do and have a have an opening of that for, you know, it, you know, ideally it would be great a, mm-hmm. a month in New York or something. But um, 
but just uh you know that that would be something i would really really like to like to like to achieve sounds interesting that's that's quite a large piece six foot by five foot yeah and if you i'm sure you've seen it before it's it's the portrait of uh my friend eric who's who's kind of he's sitting there and he's got his axe across his chest and he's kind of He's got the beaver pelt down. It's done in the blues. Um, Yeah, I would love to be able to do about 10 to 12 of those and be able to have that body of work up at once where people could. But, you know, the way it goes is I'm blessed too um, because once I finish a piece, it doesn't, I don't hang on to it very long. It's it's usually sold or it's it's in a home or something. So it's a good Mm -hmm. problem to have, I guess. Yes. That's true. So what's next for you? What else is coming uh, up let's see. Well, surgery is next for me. That's my biggest, oh. that's my next project. <laughs> uh, fixing an, fixing an injury on my foot that I've been putting off for 20 years. I heard it walking on at, uh, at OU back in my, in my youth. Um, and so rehab on that, I'm looking at maybe late February and then I'll be gearing up for, uh, the Muskogee art market, uh, here in Tulsa, that'll take place in April. And then mm-hmm. March is usually the time I start working on my figures that I'll release in October. So I do, uh, these limited edition one of one figures basically. Um, and I'll, I'll pick a story or a, an animal or some kind of figure behind that. And then I, I do my, my modeling clay and then cast that in resin and then go from there. I usually start those in March just so I can have them done in, in uh, October in time for the Cherokee art market. Long process. Yeah, well, I don't, I can't do it. Anything. You know, it's, it's spread out, but. <laughs> right. Right. Um, anything else you can think of that you want to bring up or discuss or share with us and our listeners? Oh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, I, like I said, it's it's hard to talk about myself. Um, and uh, just, you know, uh, other than art shows coming up that really, uh, you know, I'm just uh, like right now, what are we in? Uh, is it January? It's January yeah, already. January. So, I mean, I'm, I'm gearing up and thinking of projects um, for Santa Fe Indian Market, which is in August, I believe. And then I'm already starting to contemplate pieces for Cherokee Holiday. Um, and then also Cherokee Art Market, which is out in October. So right now I'm starting to, my off season's coming to an end. So now I start to build up projects and uh, pieces for the shows that come later in the year. Right. It's like I work right. early in the year just to get to the the middle and end of the year. But um, do you collaborate at all with other artists in your medium or outside your medium in creating uh, pieces? So I, I, I've always been nervous about the collaboration. Um, right. Mainly I, I like making people happy. I like people smiling and everything. And, you know, working in a collaboration seems great. And I did it for the first time with a friend of mine who's Chickasaw and it's the collective wisdom exhibit and it's traveling right now it was in ada with the chickasaw nation on display now it's going to be uh in talakwa with the cherokee nation um 
and it's going to be at the Cherokee Springs Plaza. And I think it's actually going to be opening January 14th. Um, and it's going to last until February 25th. So I did a collaboration with my buddy, Billy, and he's a great artist. Um, and it's always hard to try and find two different, you know, styles and, and mesh them together to create a really, uh, a good piece. Yeah. Um, so this was the first collaboration I had really done and it was a lot of fun. You know, I did my, uh, I did some kind of like a, it looks like a stained glass mosaic type, but I used different size variations of circles to create depth. Mm-hmm. And, and then he did the background in that, in his style. And um, so I'll be going down there and, and hanging out with uh, a lot of very accomplished artists um, who have Fantastic. work in this traveling exhibition. And um uh, you know, just, I'll probably just joke around with him and everything about, you know, just how I ruined the piece or something, you know, his part and everything <laughs> in, that, in that piece is perfect, but I'm sorry you, you got stuck with me, you know, and, uh, I'm sorry I ruined it. You know, I don't think, I think it would look better if you worked with another artist, you know, <laughs> there's that, uh, sibling rivalry and, uh, challenging <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, so, where can some where can our listeners see your pieces or get a hold of you? Um, I think we have that contact information, but if you have a specific website, you could share with us. Collectors can find me on my Etsy shop. I know that's funny to hear too, but I, I love Etsy. Um, and, you know, if you go on Etsy and you can just search for my name, Brian Waitula, uh, or if you go to my Instagram, you can find my works and my Etsy link on there to my store. Uh, my Instagram is at way too legit. And I can send you I can send you that information on how Perfect. how to spell it and everything. Um, okay. And then the images I can uh, get get to you or if you just want to want to pull them off the my Facebook so, Brian, it was a pleasure having you today, and thank you for the time. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and uh, more success to you. You're a fantastic artist, and I enjoyed your pieces, and when I've seen it at the, the market, I actually saw you this past year in the Cherokee art market. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for coming on to the show today. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Wado. Don't a dog, So it's thank you, and until we meet again. Yeah.